Yo, 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 what's crackalackin'? It's episode three of the Real Save Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with my super sick, very cool brother-in-law, Logan Schrog, and we're just gonna have a cool little fun chat. So sit back, get your headphones on, get your computer up, get your coffee, whatever you wanna do. Sit back, listen to a fun conversation between me and my brother-in-law, Logan. So let's get it. Let's do it. Welcome back again. Back again. We're here on the Real Save Podcast. You know, we're uh, here in uh, lovely Wichita, Kansas. Logan, my brother-in-law, is here today. Logan, tell the people how cold it is outside. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on your podcast, Ryan. Of and course. It is very cold here today. Would you describe it as butthole cold? Uh, yes, it's uh, colder than a witch's tit in a brass bra. <laughs> I can, I can, I can really vibe with that description. <laughs> Tomorrow so, the low is uh, four, and it will be probably feel like minus twenty five tomorrow. Hmm. Logan, have you ever wanted to feel the not just the presence of four <laughs> units of warmth, <laughs> but make it feel like the lack yeah. of twenty five units? Yeah, of it's heat. Not, not gonna be pleasant. We're gonna be spending the day. How inside. do you think? How do you think the first guy figured that out? Of like, you know, hang on. This is what zero five, feels like. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, sure, solid. This is zero. Well, he had his mercury stick. You know how, you know, in, in the old thermometers, it used to be mercury. Uh, yeah, I knew So that. the mercury would be in there. He said, oh, this is zero. And he just started that at zero. As the mercury <laughs> went up, he said, that is no, no, 70. No. And as he lost, as the mercury drained out the bottom, he says, that's too cold. That's, that's it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm imagining a dude just like, all right, here is short sleeves and a t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, or like a shorts and a t-shirt. All right. I'm out here in 70 degrees. Feels like 90 solid. <laughs> now to keep the control, I'm going to be out there shorts and a t-shirt in five degrees and see where we're at. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's where I'm basing this off of. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, here on the real save podcast, we are advocates of hydration. Um, uh, last episode, if you tuned in, uh, I was popping the very cold Topo Chico. Now we are rocking with the uh, very lukewarm, to like member smart member dude and it's not just water purified it's it's been maybe even sanctified <laughs> delivered you know what i'm saying signed sealed delivered i'm yours <laughs> come on all right so anyways uh we have been here in wichita kansas for family christmas and new year's uh it's been pretty pretty great yeah we've uh oh hey i got something that the whole world wants to know okay. that's flinzen Tell everybody, so Logan's side of the family is German yep. in descent, and so they have a, like, is it is it Mennonite and German? Or is it <coughs> well, it's, uh, it's kind of like a Russian pancake. It's Mennonite. And if anybody knows Mennonite, Mennonites are known for delicious, oh. delicious food. Anything like Amish Mennonite, yeah. <laughs> Midianite, <laughs> you're, you're like, all right, I'm getting... I'm getting no electricity whatsoever, no power tools, delicious food, questionable theology, and right. some great furniture and houses. That's right. That's, That's exactly, exactly right. what I'm getting. That's exactly so, and, and the horses and buggies, you forgot that. Oh, oh, for sure. And then the TV show Amish Mafia. You're also getting that one. <laughs> yeah, so Flensen is like a really thin... Really thin pancake, like it, like oh, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> really thin the pancake. <laughs> break it, break Peppy. it, break it, Peppy Lip you. <laughs> that movie will never get made. All right, so Flinzen, y'all, yes. y'all. If you have never had Flinzen, it's the Flinzen real. Flinzen is a really real thin thing. pancake. Yeah, it's really good. Now Ryan messed it all up with putting, oh, well, putting a little hang barbecue on, on okay. there. How you so would normally do it is you put butter, you know, some sugar, brown sugar, maple syrup, maybe some sort of you know kind of breakfasty item. Mm-hmm. Now Ryan just throws some barbecue on there. Here's, Might as well. Here's exactly what happened. So <clears throat> we're we're all up there. It's we're all in the Christmas jammies. Okay, that's number one. If you don't have the Christmas jammies on, it doesn't taste the same. And we all match. Like for sure. So um, I. Saw, Just to give the people an idea, the plaid, plaid, um, uh, what was it? Red like, and green, like red, and mostly white, red, white and green <laughs> Christmas jammies that, right. you, that you get from Target. When right. the whole family was matching, even the puppers. And we're even actually joined here, ladies and gents, today by Mr. Kodak. Uh, uh, we actually just got some pretty pretty serious news back from the vet. Uh, he's actually a hundred percent crazy boy. 
100% crazy boy. Uh, symptoms include very crazy and very cute. Um, <laughs> nothing we can really do about that. But um, anyways, oh, so the night before we ate this delicious flinzen, we had made some steaks. Very good and, and some brats. Home-raised beef. See, Ryan, we raise, if, people, if you don't already know. Uh, go ahead and plug, been, plug those been, at Diamond uh, Springs Ranch. Yeah, Diamond here. Springs Ranch, we, since 2009, we've been raising home-raised beef. Mm. And uh, most people that buy it from us uh, don't go buy beef anywhere else because it is... It, it's a huge flavor difference. Yeah, it really is. It's a big flavor difference. And actually, we just had one um, butchered recently. And the guy that butchered it ended up buying the whole entire animal from us just because the quality of the meat that he saw... When we butchered the animal, and they're grass fed, free range, whole kind of deal. <clears throat> they're not. They're they're gr- grass fed, grain finished, uh, with no hormones, none of that type of stuff in there, and um, no steroids, none of that, none of that, you know, nonsense. But one hundred percent delicious. Yes, and we can very much attest. <laughs> yes, it is incredible. So yes. look them up, Diamond Springs Ranch. If you're in the market for some uh, for some good beef, cattle. The in def- Kansas. Yes, and it's in Kansas. So That's right. It's good stuff. Anyways, so uh, we made some beautiful, delicious Diamond Springs Ranch steaks. And then we had some leftover and also some brats and stuff. So I said, you know, everybody's going the sweet route. Sometimes you got to differentiate you yourself. you got to swim upstream, yeah. which I'm all about. You know, right. seriously. Right. So I, I went the savory direction, and I was not ashamed of all. Yeah. I, I'm just like I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm also not ashamed of the savory flinzen, which was not very popular with the uh, German crowd up here. But this Irish boy loved it. <laughs> well, going going on your against the grain, I, I think there's so many people that just follow the grain too much. Mm. Um, and I think really, I was actually listening to Chip Gaines' book today, and he's talking about that. Shout out, Chip. That's right. It's a great book. And uh, he's talking about kind of swimming upstream, going against the grain, because that's really where the growth happens. He was mm-hmm. talking about, you know, instead sure. of looking at, your life as wins and losses in each individual category. You can win and you can lose and you can win and you can lose, but then you could win the whole title or come back from behind. So anyways, it was really interesting that a lot of people just look at life that, well, I lost this and I'm going to move on to the next one, take that loss, put it under my belt, rather than taking a loss, learning something, and using that loss to then propel you to the next win rather than just saying, well, I lost in that category. Yeah. Your dad told me a story of a of a buddy of his that really fits this mold. Is uh, I think his name was like Kent Gordon. I think it was the elk guy. Yeah. Um, crazy story. It's the the long story short is this guy would get in a business, become one of the most recognized people in that business, and then something would happen to where outside of his control, the business would have to shut down. Right. Whether it's like. He, he did bronze sculptures, and then the factory shut down and threw his sculptures away. Or uh, he did this elk uh, hunting lodge, and then mm-hmm. something happened with that, and he had to close that down. Um, but whatever it was, your dad said that the guy, if you talked to him, you wouldn't know, one, he was rich. You wouldn't know that he was absolutely loaded. And then, two, you would have no idea that, like, he was stressed or worried or concerned or any of those things. Smile on his face. Says, oh, no, the good Lord's going to take care of me. Yeah. That kind of attitude. And I, I really admire that. And um, Logan and I recently have been talking a lot about this going against a grain topic. And yeah. one of the things Logan and I have really been focusing in on is this uh, something called iHub. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you give the people a little brief intro to what iHub is. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan, as an entrepreneur, I'm always looking for different things. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. I'm always open. Most of the yeah. time, as an entrepreneur... There's some junk out there, for sure. Well, yeah, and you kind of get jaded because everyone's always trying to sell you something. Yeah. You know, well, so you're trying to sell you... The, I mean, you see all the signs you're driving down the highway. Everybody's trying to sell you something. And you yeah. get jaded and you kind of look at things through a different kind of lens. But as an entrepreneur, I'm always open. If somebody says, well, would you look at this? Yeah, okay, I'll look at it. Uh, but I'm pretty good at finding a reason not to do something, you know, or, or yeah. finding, or, or, or I mean, you find what you look for. For sure. Um, but anyways, with all the other stuff we're doing, we're building a tree house. Building a tree house. Um, about to launch a coaching platform to help people find, you know, the purpose and why God put them on the planet. Um, a lot of different, I get goosebumps saying that actually. 
Oh, come on. And, Goosies. Uh, <laughs> He's getting <goosies. laughs> The Holy Spirit's here. Come on, dude. And, you know, we're, we're so jaded, but on the worst, I, I'm busy doing all kinds of different stuff. Construction, remodeling, uh, do a lot of different online businesses. We talked about the cattle company. Um, so I, we, I really wasn't looking for something else. Um, and, in fact, I was not looking for anything else, I think, more than anything. But um, as a business person... I you know heard about an idea in the crypto, which is pretty volatile, but also very can be very lucrative and a lot of opportunity. High risk, high reward for right, sure. Right, right. And uh, anyways, there's kind of two sides to the to crypto. You can just purchase it, you know, be an investor if you want to call it that, and you know buy some Bitcoin, buy some Ethereum, buy some other altcoins. Um, or there's a mining side where you can actually mine it, and then be able to earn it, and it goes into a wallet that then. If the crypto goes up, you make money. If the crypto goes down, you don't necessarily lose any money because it didn't cost you anything other than electricity or, you know, Wi-Fi or whatever to actually mine the coin. And anyways, um, these guys came up with the idea to be able to mine a coin. The coin is called Helium and you can mine it and it actually, you get to participate in a network um, that is trying to further other business ideas. It's like a, a long-reaching Wi-Fi that you get to participate in. Right. It's called the Internet of Things, and that's exactly. really taken over a lot of product production. I mean, f- for people out there that might not be super familiar with it, think about stuff like, oh, Alexa, turn on my lights. That's that's using something that's being developed called the Internet of Things. Right. Where it's, you know, maybe in the future it's going to be your whole house or your TV or yeah. your, you know, whatever. There's going to be... Here's an example. Yeah, everyone knows those scooters in the big cities that are downtown. Yeah, like the, the the lemon or no, what's it? Lime, Lime or yeah. Bird or whatever the different scooters are. They're downtown and they operate on kind of like a cell signal, and it costs X amount of dollars to be able to operate those on a monthly basis um, using the Wi-Fi or cell signal or whatever. Yeah, I think the the figure your dad said is for that one transponder or whatever it's called. One one scooter. Yeah, it's six bucks a day. Okay, six dollars a day. And what happens is the Internet of Things, once that is in full effect and the network um, is in full effect, it'll cost about 30 cents a day. Right. So it's a bit from a business standpoint, it's a really big advantage. But there needs to be as many people as possible uh, be able to actually have it's a device kind of like the size of a couple iPhones stacked up. You plug it into your wall and it's going to talk to the other devices that are nearby and create kind of like a cell phone map, if you will. And uh, within that cell phone map, if you if your device uh, is valuable, it's going to earn these coins called HNT or helium coin. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the future, as your um, device is a part of the network, you can kind of imagine it if you're driving down the road and there's a bridge that you go over. Well, someone owns that bridge. Every time you go over that bridge in this scenario, people would make money. It's the troll bridge, bro. That's right. Just like those old stories. (laughs) Got to pay the troll. That's right. And in the future, there's you know fractions of pennies that can come back um, from people using part of your network. So it can be pretty lucrative um, and very interesting. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the crypto space is is crazy. There's tons of people mm-hmm. with NFTs and doing all kinds of stuff that you know ten years ago would have been like you're crazy. You know that are now legit sure. business ideas that are you know running around in yachts or planes all over the world just because they were an uh, you know an early adopter, if yeah. you will. Yeah, I think. For me, coming from a finance background, I had a really hard time with the acquisition of cryptocurrency for a buy and hold strategy. Yeah. I had a yeah. huge skepticism for that. I tried it out for a little bit. It did not work. However, when we talk about production, mm-hmm. then you could really see, this is going to sound really stupid, but you can see how the hot dog's made. Yeah, And you sure. can buy in whether you want to or not. Well, and, yeah, and, and you can and produce see, it at a low cost instead of... Forking over the whatever the cost is to purchase to, the coin. For sure. So I'd rather be in the production side. Right. And then, oh, by the way, you get to keep some of that coin, which, yeah. is, which is really nice. That, we, I mean, that's a huge benefit. Yeah, for sure. And with the affiliate program they developed, it's just like any other kind of affiliate, you know. Um, somebody introduces you to it, whoever introduces you gets a percentage of that. And that's a genius idea because as they're going to expand the network, other people want to participate and it's just a way for people to you know be incentivized by that. Right. And so I, I think that's that's been pretty cool and that's been something we've been talking about here yeah. at, at Christmas and I kinda wanna also just shift a little bit and talk a little bit about Christmas. Like when we were back home, um 
by, by the way, if you want any more information on iHub or you want to talk any more about it, you can reach out to me. I can connect you with Logan, and he can give you the whole the whole spiel and lowdown because it's it's really lucrative and it's very interesting. But um, to shift kind of and talk a little bit about the Lord and talk about Christmas here for a minute, dude, like our Christmas service back home was fire. It was fire. The the I, I'm not one that I I'm not just one for like. Every year you're gonna sing the same hymns. Mm-hmm. You're gonna sing the same whatevers. I'm that. It kind of, kind of. It doesn't rub me the wrong way, but it's just like, all right, I've sung. I've just I, the same I, thing over. Again. Yeah, it's like I know the playbook. You're right. gonna hit. You're gonna hit me with Silent Night and the Candle Lighting. Yeah. In every. You're you're totally gonna hit me with it for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's you're. It's gonna happen, and it's gonna hit hard for some folks. They're gonna be like, this Christmas is something special. Or whatever, and I'm just I like, think that's just a gener- a, a different generation, you know? yeah. But the the word that Pastor Chris gave back home at Church of the Highlands, he talked about let there be light, and how like God is still saying let there be light. Let's let's let there be light in your life, and a lot of different things, and it was very powerful. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to talk about like on not like a the family tradition side or like the the gift giving side, but. From a spiritual side, what does Christmas really mean to you? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think even this is, you know, none, none of this was scripted out, but I think even tying into against the grain, um, I just feel like Jesus wasn't against the grain type of person. He was swimming against stream from the Pharisees. Yep. Um, and, you know, you kind of think, well, swimming upstream sounds like a bad thing. In my opinion, it's not because the, <clears throat> our society is so jaded or oh, yeah. so... We're so Me, like glazed I, I over. J- I was jaded. I didn't want to go to church for a long time. I was like, dude, these church people suck so much butthole. For sure. I, I yeah. can't take one more Karen looking at me sideways because yeah. I wear my beanie in church. Or, right. Or I, or I show up wearing like shorts and a t shirt. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, bless your heart. Mm-hmm. But baby, I'm about to bless you all up down the street, okay? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that there's, <clears throat> we're just so. Just so jaded, I think, is really yeah. the word. And to swim upstream isn't necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, I really think God put me here on this planet to really help people think for themselves. Yeah. Um, I was listening to another story in this in this book I was, I was listening to. And he's talking about, and this is actually how, I, how my dad did this to me, looking back. Um, he let the person make the mistake so that they knew how to do it. Kind of, you know, the, the, the saying, you know, you teach someone how to fish, you know, you feed them for a lifetime yeah. versus yeah. if you, you know, catch just a fish for, for them. Day. Right, There's exactly. They see for the day. Well, that same type of deal where he just let them mess up. When I was growing up, uh, my dad just let me make my own decisions. I never had a time I had to be home at night. It was always, how can I think from, how can he help me think for myself? Even in the tiny, tiny decisions, I can think about one time um, I was walking out of a hunting store. My dad actually had an outdoor hunting, fishing television show when I was little. And um, I remember I, was, I got a BB gun. We were walking out of the store, and I was thinking about buying some, you know, BBs, uh, you know, 5,000 BBs or whatever to put in my pellet gun. And I said, well, Dad, what do you think? Should I get this? And he said, you know, I don't know, whatever you think. And it's crazy. And on that moment, I'm sure it's just kind of what he was doing just to say, well, whatever you think is fine. But it, it made me have to decide, is this really one? Exactly. At such a young age, you're going to have to weigh out pros and cons. Exactly. And coming from somebody, my parents did not do that. My parents mm-hmm. were very much like, you are going to do this. Mm-hmm. And you don't have an option about it. And then when I would try to rationalize, like, hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm not really wired this way. I, I don't think that's right for me. I don't think that's good. Or like, hey, I don't really want to do that. Well, you're going to do it because I told you to, and I'm your mom. Yeah, so, and I came from so the complete good. opposite. You know, and it's right. and what's crazy is there's good there's good and bad to both sides because to me I kind of felt like why am I not getting any help? I had somebody tell me one time why would I reinvent average when I can copy genius? Oh, so why would you reinvent average when you could copy someone that's genius? And in school, it's completely backwards. You're not supposed to copy. Right. Well, uh, Ryan's better at testing me, so I'm just going to copy out. That was my thought process as an entrepreneur because I started my first company at 14. So I was like, okay, you know, why would I not just copy somebody else? Because if I see the way they're doing it, then I can replicate it. But, you know, there's kind of two sides to it because if you copy them, yeah, you know how, you know how, you know, you did it that one time. But if you figure it out and mess up on your own, you remember it and then you can go and teach somebody else. Yeah. And statistically, te- being able to teach somebody is, is 
the best way for you to actually learn. Right. So coming back with Jesus being against the yes. grain, like let's let's talk about because yeah. I think Christmas is such a people just get to it for the presents and the right. family time and the flights and honestly some people hate Christmas. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want it to come around because they're lonely or whatever. But like for you spiritually, like why is it really significant or what does it mean to you? <clears throat> yeah, well I think and it's you're right, it's easy to get caught up in all the presents and the gifts and what's crazy is I find myself every year like no matter how great the gift is, no matter how awesome the time was, like you just think in your head, well it could have been better, this could have been better, that could have been better. Whatever it is. And I think I was actually thinking about this this morning, like we're trying to fill a void with gifts and other time with family that only God can fill. Yeah. And I really think this is for me in 2022, letting God fill the voids where I feel like I need to do whatever it is, whether it's with your spouse, with your friends, with whoever or whatever it is, let God be able to fill that void. And, you know, God sent Jesus as a baby in kind of an against the grain type of way that it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't magical. It wasn't mystical. It was just a baby in a manger. Uh, But he came here and did everything against the grain and then at the end of it all died for us so that we can then spend eternity with him. So we did it all, all for us. And you just, you think about like, and especially in today's culture, doing something you're doing for everyone else. That's very against the grain. Exactly. Exactly. So I think for me, you know, I do, I do like spending time with family, um, but it, it comes down to like, okay, I have to really think about and remember the reason why we're celebrating this. And it's because of God sent his son to earth to live a perfect life, run the table for 33 years, die for our sins, be raised on the third day. And if you put, you can transfer your trust into that the same way you transfer trust into sitting on a chair. Somebody yeah. explained it to me this way. Do you believe that chair is going to hold you? Oh, well, yeah. When I sit down, I think it is. That's a trust. You're transferring your trust from your legs to the chair. That's if you're crazy. transferring your trust from you, what you're doing that's 100% right that you think you can do to get to heaven, you're transferring that trust into Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life, ran the table for 33 years, died, and was raised. If you can transfer your trust into that, that's why Jesus came to be able to save you. Yeah, and I mean, for me... You know, we I took a, a break last week from the pod for Christmas and for to spend time with family and stuff. But for me, what Christmas all comes down to, this year I've thought about, think of all the before of Jesus. Because mm-hmm. it says that Jesus Christ was the Word. The Word was God and the Word was with God. So that means Jesus is eternal. Mm -hmm. He was with God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. So imagine Jesus in heaven being like, yep, there's there's Cain and Abel. Uh Yep, there's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, there's David. There's Solomon. And imagine him knowing the plan because he is God. The word was with God. The word was God. So he knows God's whole plan and heart and motivation the whole time, and there's, there's so many. Uh, I'm gonna use a big theological word. Theological alert. Here we go. A Christophany. There's a whole bunch of Christophanies throughout the whole um, Old Testament, where Jesus, in the in a different form or in his pre-incarnate form, would come and see Abraham, come and see Jacob, come and do all these amazing things. What I thought of is the before. Yeah. Well, and also something that really hit me this Christmas, and I kind of like to know the backstory of things, but when it talks about, you know, um, an angel came, an angel of the Lord came to Mary, like, it wouldn't have been a little piddly angel that you see a little picture of. I mean, you go and look at, I get goosebumps again, when you go and look at what would an angel really have looked like? We're talking about three-headed, we're talking about wings, swords, aren't like... Mm -hmm. A powerful being. Then at the same time, there's stories in the Old Testament where um, angels uh, shoot. What? Where did the, where one showed up somewhere, and uh, I think it was either Sodom or Gomorrah or something like that. And these people came to I think it was like Lot or somebody's house, and they said, "Hey, this is in the Ryan McKee translation. Hey, there's a smoking hot guy in there, and we want to." 
you to bring him out here so we can uh, have some fun. Yeah. And so angels can take the form of men. Yeah. What, one of my favorite stories of angels is actually coming from, um, I think, Chronicles. It's Kings and Kings and Chronicles. There's a there's the same story in Kings and Chronicles, but somewhere it's where I think like Hezekiah or somebody, some king, cries out to get saved from the Assyrians that are besieging Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. God sends one angel. A warrior. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Listen to this. Since one angel kills one hundred and eighty-seven thousand elite Assyrian troops. Mm-hmm. One hundred and eighty-seven thousand. Yeah. One angel. And of course that's, we don't. That's that's nuts. And you know we don't know what the angel looked like. Was it a a masculine, perfect looking one, mm-hmm. or was it a? You know we don't know. But it talks about that the shepherds when they saw the angel they were terrified. Oh yeah. And then. The heavenly host. What would that have been like? The greatest concert you ever been to, filling sure. the sky with angels. Yeah, like it, there's just so much, and, and the shepherds were afraid. And then you know the heavenly host. Like we just skip right over all that. Right. And when what would that have been like? Right. And think about this. You, I don't know. I've, I've before this conversation had never thought of this, but you assume those angels are singing in English when when you read the Bible. Yeah. You're assuming they're reading. They're singing in English. Nope. How do we know even what tongue they're singing in? Yeah, they, they, sure. could, they could be singing in tongues for all we know. Yeah, they could sure. be they could be singing in Hebrew or Aramaic for the shepherds or right. whatever, because the the shepherds could understand what they were saying. So it would have had to have been in some kind of language, right. for these people. But anyways, for me, what what's been hitting me this Christmas is all the before of Christmas. Jesus had to have seen. Yep, my people are in Babylon. Yeah. Yep. There's Daniel. He's in and that, knowing he's, the time is getting closer. Yep. Oh, hey, here's Malachi, and he's the last guy I'm sending and talk for 400 years. All right, now's the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus, for me, and even before, really, he starts his ministry, there were so many years where Jesus was just doing life, mm-hmm. where he was, hey, yep, I'm a carpenter, just doing carpentry. Mm-hmm. Hey, yep, I'm, I'm going to synagogue. It's a normal everyday Sunday. Yep, there's Mrs. McGillicuddy over there yeah. <laughs> needing help with her dog again. You know, whatever it was. Right. Where Jesus was just like hashtag chilling. Mm-hmm. And for me to think of in all of those pre-incarnate years, then during his just like pre-ministry years, Jesus was like, Hey, I'm here and I'm watching. And he was active for sure. Right. He was doing things. But what what really gets me is never wavering from the game plan. Right. The game plan was never anything but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna give my life and I'm gonna die and all that. That's that really is powerful to me. And it shows that the faithfulness of Jesus and mm-hmm. the faithfulness to even in the face of excruciating suffering. And even suffering before the cross, too, because I don't know if you've seen The Chosen. But if you haven't seen The Chosen, I'd highly recommend the it. The Christmas one? Uh, no, just like across the board, just talking about Jesus' Jesus's ministry. And in at the end of the second season, they, they go, and I mean, this is, you know, kind of a recurring theme through it all. But this is where I get, a, you know, the against the grain feel, was he's healing people on days you're not supposed to heal people on. Oh, yeah. And that's like that... In that time, I, I mean, I don't think we have a really so much of a reference in our Western culture. Yeah, because the temple in in the Old Testament, it's said that God's your healer. So you would literally go to the temple to get healed. And mm-hmm. that was, I would say, from my reading of Scripture, semi-normal. Or, or at least somewhat common enough in the culture where they would be like, Oh yeah, you got healed of like your, your elbow hurting? Wow, praise the Lord. Yeah. Oh, you got healed of like... Oh, your ear was jacked up? Wow, praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. But for Jesus to say, yes, now I'm going to do some really crazy kind of miracles, but it's not going to be right. according to your rules. Because what had happened over the years is they had gotten so... Religious. Religious. For the for one word term, yeah. And religious. I think God, God wants a... And, and he wants a relationship... Over religion, but I I think yes, that's one hundred percent true, and I there's no but after that. I would say, and I don't think that discriminates from church from high church liturgy. For example, no, one hundred percent no. For like for example, Kaylee told me um, 
these the story is of these uh, she heard from her YWAM friends in the like high Anglican church these uh, priests who were like super like anointed and prophetic mm-hmm. who were operating the gifts of the spirit and like seeing people get healed and seeing mm-hmm. people get filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues but they're Anglican so you know they're wearing like the whole headdress and yeah. the robe and like they got the altar boys or whatever yeah. so those none of those things are barriers or hindrances from the Lord and my friend Eason he he says a lot of like church like traditions and stuff are really important and if you really peel the curtain back and look behind the symbolism or if you look behind what really why, the why behind what they're doing, mm-hmm. you can get a really deep and powerful revelation of the Lord. Like, for example, when I've gone to Mass before, I actually really liked it. Really? I didn't understand a lot of, like, the kneeling or the, or the sure. standing or the, the corporate things. Like, I didn't, I didn't know when to do what or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did love was everyone there knew, like, Hey, we need to be very reverent right now because God is in the room. Not not just like, hey, he's like somewhere. It's like, no, he's like in this room. Mm-hmm. The king of the universe is in this room. Right. So we're going to act accordingly. We're going to come to him humbly. Well, and I do think God is a God of, of, uh, of judgment and of rules. And, you know, if you <clears throat> want to go and talking about the courts of heaven there, I mean, there's a... Just like in any other kind of court, there's a, a, a way that it has to be done. Yeah. And I think that's where also a lot of people get hung up where, well, I don't want to have to participate in, in this and that and the other. And, and I really think it, it comes back to sin. I don't want to stop sinning and do the things that feel weird. Um, and, and I think Oh, have I, I told you my weird healing story before? No, tell me. Okay, so this goes to your point of weird, and then I want you to continue this. Yeah. So here's a long story short. Girl comes up to me, uh, I told it on the first episode of the podcast, I think, with my friend Bailey, but long story short, um, I'm praying for this girl to heal her ear. She has just some like ear pain or something. Mm-hmm. And while I'm praying, the Lord on the inside says, long story short, he basically says, I want you to blow in her ear and she'll be healed. And I thought that was super weird, <laughs> like really, really, like like LeBron kind of like, or Lance Stevenson to LeBron kind of <laughs> blowing in the ear. And um, so I did it and she got healed. Wow. So the Lord will move in some really weird ways. So mm-hmm. continue with, with weird. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of people get caught up in, well, you know, that's, <clears throat> it's weird to do that. It's weird and, to and, pray in the Spirit. It's weird to well, get Well, yeah, but knowledge. also I think people act weird about it. And, pe- and just like in business, people don't do weird. Like it's, it's there's, there's no reason for it. But here's the thing. It's weird because we're, we're so jaded again, it should be normal. It should be normal to get healed because the God of the Bible is the same God of today. God yeah. is the same forever and always will be. Yeah. So the same God that's healing people in the Bible can heal you today. Yeah. January 1st, 2022 could heal you today. Yeah. And, and he's t- not bound by space and time. So say if somebody's hearing this in like two years For or five sure. years, whatever, and they still need some healing, hey, that's right. God is not bound by space and time. That's right. And I think people get caught in the, the well, that's, that's weird, that, that seems weird, but... You know, our normal is weird. Our normal is broke. Oh, our normal society today is big weird. Very ladies big. saying they're men or men saying they're ladies. That's right. Your mom told me this story of this uh, trans lady coming into mm-hmm. uh, faith, uh, builders. faith builders one time. Yeah, and it's. I mean, that it was the a trans. I'm just gonna say it's a dude. Yeah, it was a dude with this with his baby mama mm-hmm. coming there with their child. Yeah. But then him dressed as a woman I saying, know. I'm a trans woman and mm-hmm. I've undergone hormone therapy. And the child is And my like, mom just has a way of being able to ask the questions and people don't take offense to it. And right. that's another thing where people get so offended so easily today. Like, yeah. have some balls. Well, I, I think for me at Freedom Conference, like I told you the other day, offense is for sure evidence of a spirit of pride in your life. So if you have a spirit of pride, you're just going to stay offended. You're going to get offended mm-hmm. and whatever. And God... I think somebody owes you something. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, there were another thing in Freedom Conference I said about a spirit of pride is like, say like somebody's like standing away over there and they can't hear us and we're whispering and then they go, oh, they're talking about me. That's a, that's a thing of spirit of pride. But uh, anyways... What if they're pointing and laughing? Is that still the same kind of deal? Logan, <laughs> I think... I think when you've seen that in your life, it, it might have been. I'm just like, no, but anyways, uh, let's talk about the treehouse. 
<coughs> this treehouse is, so, is, is it's uber, not just treehouse. Like, where, where, it's uber freaking sick, is what it is. Yeah. So when when we say the word treehouse, you might be thinking, you know, the treehouse. It is you a house in, in a tree. for your kids. No, I don't know if you guys have seen the show Treehouse Masters. If you haven't, you can go look it up. But the guy that helped produce that show, actually, the, the guy that does produce that show on the Magnolia Network, um, he um, lives in Mulvane, Kansas. Anyways, super cool guy, great dude. And he helped us actually draw up the plans for it. The deck, the whole deck is about 900 square feet. And we're talking about, we're about, uh, about eight to 10 feet off the ground, fully suspended. Uh, well, on the back, we will have a, what looks like a, 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 a beam, beam, but it'll be but a tree. It, uh, yeah. And, but anyways, fully suspended, um, completely off the ground. The only thing touching the ground is the trees, the trees. that are holding it up and the stairs. Um, so anyways, 900 square feet of deck on the inside, it'll be about, um, four to 500 square feet, uh, depending on how exactly we do everything with a main living area, a shower, a bathroom. I mean, everything you would normally have a kitchen, a living space and upstairs, there'll be a loft with a master sleeping area up there. Yeah. It'll all look towards the West. So you'll be able to see the sunset in the trees. Yeah. And these Kansas sunsets are next level. The Kansas sunsets I've. I've appreciated Kansas sunsets for a long time, and I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't really even appreciate. I didn't know how much I appreciated it till I came to visit you guys in Georgia. Oh yeah, and you can't see the sunset. I'm like, well, I, here's, I told you, Ryan. I said you deal. can't see the sunset. Ryan said, "Well, yeah, the sunset's yeah, fine." I to, said, "No, look, bro, you, you got to see the sunset over the plains." The trees, yeah, come on, look at it through <clears> the trees. <throat> you got to use your imagination. See, you don't have to use your imagination. No, Kansas. with Kansas, the other night it was setting, and part of the sky was green. Part of the sky was like. Pink, purple. Pink. Oh, yeah. 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 It was so Blue. It was it's... beautiful. But, okay, so uh, I don't really have a uh, construction background. Mm-hmm. Logan is a phenomenal construction dude. And um, so I've been playing uh, the hand man and the cut man <laughs> for, right. uh, for this thing. The hand man being, hey, can you hand me that? Hey, can you, right. go, can you go grab that? Yep. Then the cut man being, okay, I need you to cut me something at 23 and a quarter inches. And on the ground. On the ground. And, and throw then you it toss up to it on the tree. That's right. Hey, it's been super fun. We've, I've, I've learned a lot. Uh, we've been working with a guy named James. Yep. James has been cool. Oh, dude, we got to mention the burgers. James yeah. is freaking James burgers. is a master chef. <clears throat> is he actually a master chef? No, but his cooking's phenomenal. It's very good. So what he does, he, he'll take these like uh, just frozen burger patties. Just burgers from Sam's. Oh, yeah, dude. And throw them in the throw What, in the what was the stuff? What was the seasoning? Yard bird. Yard, Yard bird. bird. Okay. Bro, that seasoning <laughs> is so good. Flames. Okay, so you get, you get the burger, put the Yard bird on it. Put it, wrap it all in aluminum foil. Throw take it in the, the coals. And we got a fire out there, a big yeah. fire pit, big enough to put a 4 by 4 pallet in. A yeah. big A big fire pit. Which we're burning wood all the time because, I mean, we, we're oh, trimming the, the way, trees as we by go. By the way, your dad said this morning he went out to the fire pit and there were still coals flaming. Oh, yeah, for sure. It'll stay hot for 48 hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, push everything off to the side, get the coals, put the burgers on the coals for X amount of time. I don't know, five minutes, eight minutes, whatever it was, till they're done cooking. And oh, Bubba. Delicious. Wow. <laughs> well, it's, it's so good because it keeps all the... Of the juices. Uh, the juices are all in there. I mean... Dude, it's I've, so I've had, good. I've, I've had good burgers. Ah, uh, yeah. This I would seriously this was, put up against. This was stupid. It was good, yes. Because for me, what did it was the juices. Uh-huh. The juices, bro. Uh-huh. All right, now let's talk about uh, something fun here. Let's talk about Christmas cookies. Christmas cookies? I'm, I'm more a fan of like... Uh, Okay, now the Christmas well, cookies I, we what, made. What, what, I, that's what I want to talk about is the Christmas cookies we made. All right, so for the people at home, you know, you got the Christmas cookies. You can cut them into whatever shapes and stuff. So uh, we had mittens, some, yeah, snowman. Yeah, we we had uh, we had some fun. So presents. We had a icing party, and uh, I made a Squidward cookie. Squidward, SpongeBob, <laughs> did you put my face on a cookie? Is mayonnaise an instrument? Is mayonnaise in true? <laughs> okay, but seriously, we did a Squidward cookie. We did a uh, Tiggle Bitties cookie <laughs> that Logan did, and it was very spectacular. Yeah, yeah. You can use your imagination on what that means. Yep. Uh, we did a uh, an angry cookie. Mm, had <laughs> can ang- you find that angry, angry cookie? <laughs> Dude, that was hilarious. <laughs> then uh, we did... Did we do a happy cookie? 
No, yeah, we did a happy cookie. Uh, my cookies were probably the most beautiful. That's they were also false. they were also uh, the most delicious. <laughs> um, they also were probably mine the had the most icing on them. Oh, for sure. Okay. I love sugar. So, if I've ever met anyone whose diet is Buddy the Elf's, <laughs> it's Logan. I uh, got maple syrup for Christmas. Did you know that? No. Yeah, a big thing of maple syrup. No. Yeah. This man keeps icing in his refrigerator <laughs> almost at all times. I haven't spotted it in there this trip. We had to throw. We threw it away on this. Bro, that was. It's in. What Logan will do, he'll take a like not the like the normal eating spoon, but the serving spoon. No, not the no in no, between. No, oh, dude, in between, dude, it's like the big Bubba spoon. And you'll t- and he'll take it and just bloop, just a big old glob, stick it straight dude, in the old glob. Dude, Daisy. Dude, that's exactly. Oh, dude, it's so crazy so, and delicious. It, it is delicious because I did it once and it was almost fire. as good as Flinson. Okay, now I. Logan, you can just put away the flins in. Like, you put away, like, three of them, just, like, slamming them jokers. But uh, the Christmas cookies for me, this was, I thought this was very funny. I didn't know that we were saving them initially. So I would, like, make a cookie and then just, bloop, just eat it. Bloop. Because I didn't, I didn't know we were icing them for later. I thought it was like, okay, well, we got to eat all these cookies. Yeah, Ryan's like, okay, I'm done. We're like, we have icing left. He's like, well, I'm I'm full. Well, you don't have to eat them. Nah, dude, I, did, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. You know so, the whole thinking for yourself thing? You know, kind of taking what's yeah, around you, figuring yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> to quote Eminem, I do have a few screws up in my head loose. <laughs> but, no, seriously. So, like, I'm sitting over there, like, designing all these, like, masterpiece cookies, you oh, know, geez. like, just. Let's not get carried away. I, mean, I could you know, be on the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> Like, if I really, like, wanted to go down that route, oh but my they don't really want that. making the Mona they, Lisa of cookies. They, they just don't want that smoke, okay? Oh, they don't want that. Okay, speaking of smoke, hang on. I told you about my my other brother-in-law's smoked turkey. Okay. Shaka baba. <laughs> Shaka, <laughs> So my brother-in-law for Christmas made this big smoked turkey on his masher belt. Delicious. Never eat turkey again the same. But it did make me raise an important question. How the heck do they get a big bird like the turkey and slice it in those little tiny deli slices? There's a whole bunch of junk there that I got questions about. You have to have a really sharp knife while they're walking around to do it. (laughs) Uh, And we could talk about the goose. Oh, oh no, no, no. I'm I'm going to give you the microphone for this one. This is so <laughs> flipping sick. This was so sick. I'm redneck. Standing, it was great. Just go. So, for it. don't forget to tell the part about your dad. Okay, you have so, to do that part. So we're building a treehouse. We yep. got um, the sub just, floor just, so, down. just for the listeners. There's like no roof on it yet. No roof. It's, just, it's literally just like the trees and platforms. Platform. And we we had just put down some like OSB. The sub floor, yeah, yeah, the OSB. So, anyways, we put down the last piece of OSB, and, and the day before, the geese were just flying in there over. And and, and don't just think like ten geese. 20, we're talking ten thousand, oh, twenty thousand, yeah. oh, fifty thousand. Yeah. This this a a massive number of geese. And we're just you know they're just landing in the field that's nearby. And so, anyways, you know because we love hunting and fishing, and we decide that uh, we're gonna get the shotguns out and we're gonna take them out there with us up there. So, anyways, we take the shotguns out there with us and. We put in the last piece of subfloor. I nail it in with the nail gun, and I hear this goose. I think, okay, I think they might be close enough. And because you're up in the trees another 10 feet, you know, of course, you're yeah. a little closer to them. Yeah. Well, anyways, they come up, and they're so far away. I actually, so <clears throat> I used to shoot shotguns competitively, and I'm pretty good shot. That is one of the only things I'll actually bet money on is shooting a shotgun. Well, anyways, in, when you're hunting, you the, the bird is flying, and you have to lead the bird, which means you're going to shoot out in front of the bird, you know, two, three feet, depending on how fast they're flying and how far away they are, so that the bird essentially runs into the pellets and, and you harvest the bird. Well, I shoot and lead the, the first goose, um, but the geese are so far away. And moving quick. And moving very quickly that I end up shooting the third goose back. <laughs> and it was the... The golden BB reached out and touched him and is standing on Dude. the platform of the treehouse. And he will be mounted in the treehouse, by the way. And, Bro, I mean, and the treehouse will be for rent. People can come stay in yes, it, by the way. Yes. But what, that shot was 
I mean, to an untrained eye, I was like, oh, that seems pretty normal. And then your dad was like, that was a long that way. Was and a I was long, like, oh. long, long shot. I, I didn't realize that. And it was so. Because you did it just so like, you did it so casual. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is like a Tuesday. This is nothing. Well, that the third one back is the one I shot. Even though I was leading the bird, I was probably leading the bird. I don't yeah, know for four the, feet for the, for the viewers. Logan's holding his hands out trying to measure here. Yeah, I, I was probably leading the bird four feet. The first bird. Yeah, that's how far away the, they the were. One at the tip the, of the, the, the at the front of the V. Yeah, and the third one back was the one that <laughs> that we harvested. Kablamo! <laughs> and so, but tell tell about your dad. So for so I'll, I'll, he'll tell the story and then I'll I'll get my. So reaction. I was raised on the raised in the country yeah. and we do things a little differently in the country. Thank God I'm a country boy. Uh, right. <laughs> so, anyways, um, normally when you you know kill a bird, um, they're they're a lot of times not all the way dead and you want to take the suffering away. So sometimes you know you wring their neck or you know this will be graphic for some people to yeah, imagine. Warning, but, warning you know, here, warning. You pull their head off. Yeah, but it gets blood everywhere. So the next alternative is you could take their head and essentially what you're going to do, you're going to put it in the, the back part, the back part of the molar of your mouth and then bite down. And what that does is that essentially crushes the bird's skull and um, there's no, there's very little blood that happens in it. So you're not bleeding everywhere. So anyways, my dad did that. And uh, I, I, was, I thought, I thought Mr. Byron, <laughs> he, he took, he took this bird like, like Took how, the head like how, you're eating an apple. Oh, oh, dude! Like, like you're, like you're, you got that big drumstick from KFC that you're about to just go hard on. Like, like and he put it in the, Sunday, the back molar. It's Sunday after church, dog. You're up in the recliner and you're about to go full send on that, on that drumstick. He literally takes it, puts it all the way up in his mouth. I'm like, oh, Mr. Byron, he's going full caveman here. Like, he's just about to go hard. Like go hard or go yard, and just he just all I hear is crunch, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, it's okay. Here we go. Let's see what happens. And then he's like, oh yeah, that just kills it. And I was like, oh, expectations subverted. Okay, <laughs> I don't even know what subverted means. It, but it I means believe like it. here's what I thought. Here's what happened. <laughs> like totally was not oh, expecting. Oh my gosh. But I mean, Ryan. Time, here's the deal. Ryan is from the city. Yep. We're from the country, and, you know, like Duck Dynasty would call him a yuppie. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't hide my yuppiness, have it, have it but I have, a, I have an eagerness to become less yuppie. Uh, absolutely. And on the farm, you know, that's what happens. On the farm, you get oh, a little oh, less yuppie oh, every oh, dude, day. This, this one for me was hilarious. So we're eating these burgers, and, you know, we're eating them with no <laughs> bun, with no, like, whatever. And uh, we had... On the farm, they just had another calf. Yeah. So Mr. Byron, whenever they have a calf, he goes and makes sure that everything's all right, and make sure that the birth's okay, whatever. Because sometimes on the farm, sometimes they need assistance, just just like a regular baby. Um, and if they do, you have to essentially there's a, a device that you put on the back of the mom, and it helps pull the calf out in the case that the calf is too big for the mom to push out just by herself. Right. And it really depends on the genetics and everything that, that go into that. But this calf was seemed to be born just fine. But you know, you got to go check on the calf, make sure it's breathing, make sure it's standing up, make sure that you know it's going to be getting milk from the mom, make sure the mom has enough milk for it. So there's a number of things that have to be done uh, in order for you know everything to make sure everything goes right. Right. So we're standing there and we're we're chowing down on these burgers. And you know, imagine four grown men standing around a fire pit. With just burger patties and tinfoil. And <laughs> yeah, and so so we, we just finished eating them up and Mr. Byron goes, Huh, you know, that even tastes still good with the afterbirth on my hands. <laughs> Another and, day and, in the life. Dude, in the back of my mind, I'm just like disgusting, dude. It was so gross. But anyways, oh, uh, I think we just about hit our time. Logan is about to have a family party. Yeah, man. So um, yeah, any, cl- for- any closing plugs, oh, man, any thanks closing for having words? Me. We're, we're, uh, we're excited to have you be part of the family now that you married my sister. Yep. You know, Woo! have your brother. Yep. And uh, no, man, I, I just think, you know, swimming against the grain or going against the grain, creating a legacy for your family, it doesn't happen just going with the grain. I really think... Um, swimming upstream and generational wealth we're talking and about. generational wealth and I really you know my this is something my dad says you know when the rock and the stream meet the stream always wins because the consistency the consistency and if you can be consistent going upstream 
not necessarily in a bad way, but just thinking for yourself. And if somebody tells you something, you say, does that make sense for me and my family? Or does that make sense for what God's telling me to do that I can read in the Bible? Is that making sense? Does that line up? And really thinking for yourself saying, okay, even if this is what society is doing, that doesn't mean that I just have to necessarily follow right along the same path. Right. And I, like I said earlier, I really think God has placed me here <clears throat> to help people think for themselves. And whether that means swimming upstream, whether that means going against the grain, whatever you want to call it. And I really think I was able to learn a lot of these things through developing a business, through living in the country. I think dirt roads create or build character. And just you learn different things throughout. You know, we, we look at things through a different lens because Ryan looks through things from a different lens than I do. But I think we all can come together and <clears throat> agree on a common purpose that we want to see other people come to know Jesus. And we want to see other people be successful in their marriages, in their life, and in other facets of for their sure. businesses or whatever it happens to be. And I'm just here to encourage that, encourage people to think for themselves. And, uh, you know, if you don't know Jesus, uh, at the end of the day, if you don't know Jesus, that's, nothing that's else matters. That's, that's step number one. Yeah, for Put sure. your trust, just like I mentioned earlier, you're transferring your trust from is am I going to hold myself or is the chair going to hold me? That What happens the second you die? The next second you die, what happens the next second? That's what you're transferring your trust into, that Jesus Christ died for me. And he's going to carry me. And he's going to carry me, exactly. For sure. So if you like kind of what you've been hearing from Logan, you want to hear more about that iHub stuff, you want to see more of what, what he's all about, uh, where can people yeah, find people you Yeah, people can follow me on Instagram, at Logan.Shrog. Uh, my wife Ashley and I and our son Fletcher, um, and new coming son here very yeah, soon. Yeah, um, April. And, uh, yeah, we do a lot of, you know, uh, remodeling. My wife redoes furniture. Yeah, uh, Ashley's crazy talented. She's really, really talented. She, she's probably, uh, if you want to call it flipped, flipped probably over 100 pieces of furniture for profit. And, uh, in fact, I just picked up a desk today. Yeah, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we literally moved it here in the basement before. before Got it for before. free from Facebook yeah, Marketplace. It's crazy. And, uh, but anyways, we, we love being able to use the talents that God has given us um, and the thought process and the business mind that God has given us to be able to help other people think for themselves and take something that maybe doesn't seem that pretty and turn it into, uh, you know, something beautiful for sure. So. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Logan. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, dude. brother. a good time. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for stopping in. That was episode three of the Real Save podcast. If you like it, be sure to follow it, subscribe, all the good stuff. Um, make sure you tune in every week. I record on Saturdays and try to upload it on the same day. So uh, thanks for stopping in and have a super awesome rest of your day or night. See ya. Bye.